Hey peeps, this is episode 2 of the Nerdy Neighbors of PA. On this episode, we're going to talk about why is the Matrix so great? Not so great. Also, let's talk about why The Last Man, the TV show. And our last topic, what sci-fi movie or sci-fi TV show that you fell in love with when you were a kid or an adult? So sit back, chill, relax, and enjoy this episode of Nerdy Neighbors of PA. Bam. We're live. We are live with the Nerdy Neighbors. Yes. Does doing, anybody Rob? give a shit yet? Good, Chris. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> we hey, are man, talking what? to ourselves. But I care. I care. Is there? I wonder if there's a way for me to share that this is happening on my page. No, well. We'll figure that later. I mean, while it's live, like, is oh, there a way yeah, to say, yeah. hey, we're doing this? But I don't think so. Yeah. Stupid Facebook. Okay, anyway, how are you? Good, sir. How are you? Good. Good. It's since I saw you 10 minutes ago outside, I am I, still I, fine. I think people don't realize that we are neighbors. Really? You think the title? You think the title "Nerdy Neighbors" might? It's just a catchy title, you know. It's just a catchy title, and they're like, "Hey." I learned that from Dr. Seuss. Just always play the alliteration. That's the best way to get people to remember stuff. Right, right. I would say we'd be the nice nerdy neighbors, but you are the nice nerdy neighbor. I am the cynical and surly nerdy neighbor. Right. Yes. No. Nice neighbor yourself. I think I'm blessed to have the neighbors that we have here. And I am a nice neighbor. There's different that a nice neighbor is different than being the nice neighbor. You're the nice neighbor. Oh, the okay. All right. All right. I've got 40 years of comic and geek cynicism pent up, <laughs> and I let that vitriol. I used to let it fly from my fingers on any cool news, and now I let it fly from my tongue here on Nerdy Neighbors. So you're like the comedian from Watchmen, then. Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, minus all the violence and rape. Yes. <laughs> I guess. No, I'm not like the comedian from <laughs> Watchmen. <laughs> I appreciate the deep cut reference to Alan Moore's yeah, seminal graphic trying. novel and Zack Snyder's, Zack Snyder's first foray into destroying the DC universe. But oh. thank you. Oh, oh, I still like yeah. Watchmen. I still like Watchmen. That's nice. I really. <laughs> that's nice. That's almost like saying you're cute. Yeah, well, like, I was. You know, if I could pat you on the head right now, that's yeah. absolutely what would have happened right there. No, it was a fine. It was a fine movie, and it made the entire populace finally give a shit about something I had been talking about for twenty, was it, 20 years between when the, the graphic novel came out and the comic book. The problem was. It took 20 years. So dark and despondent superheroes were not new to everybody. I remember going to that film with three non-comic people. And at the end of it, I, it was, it was kind of like Justice League. Is that what we just watched? Like, what did we just watch? We thought it was cool because of all the slow-mo effects, which people right. had only seen in 300 up until that time before Snyder slathered it all over the freaking universe, his, right. his slow-mo method. But outside of that, they didn't get the point of it. Like they didn't get the point of this sort of uh, Justice League darkly because the whole medium had already shifted. And for 20 right. years, the medium had shifted. So right. yeah, it was nice. 
I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> her, her, her. Uh, no, hey, yeah. But no, I had a good week. Had a good day. I just want to say everybody who watched our podcast, face cast, whatever you want to call it. Live stream. Live stream. Facebook yeah. cast. Uh, thank you. Thank you for all the guys who said hello. Basically, that was all my work friends and EMS. And I, you know, I love those guys, and they are just oh. as dirty in the closet trying to get them out, you know, trying to get them. I don't quite out. understand being a closeted nerd these days because everybody professes to be one. I mean, yeah, I, that's what I just I love to go out and test that, and <laughs> I'm called a jerk for it constantly. So, those guys in the paramedic closet. Don't uh, put down the scalpels and the morphine and no. come on out and say hello to the rest of the geek world. It's it's a geeky world, baby. Come join Which, us. By the way, we are going to talk about one yeah. thing in the paramedic. I know you're laughing because I know you know this. I watched mm -hmm. all three episodes of Y, and I got to say Y, you know, the letter Y, of The Last Man. Mm -hmm. And there's not, one not thing. Y of, not Y of The Last Man, just Y, colon, y. Right. The Last Man. Last the Man. Last man. Why exactly. pull in the last man? Yeah. Right. And I have to, like, I told my wife, you got to watch why, the letter Y, the last man. Because <laughs> if you say, why the last man? What? No, no. I don't know. Why yeah. Why the last man? Probably because all the rest of the men just got tired of being nagged at and left. Yeah, that didn't, that didn't yeah. <laughs> yeah, that didn't, that didn't gross me out. But I will tell you what grossed me out when we get to that topic. Okay. All right. But All no, right. had a good day. Um, uh, Caden was running everywhere. Caught him. Ran back everywhere again. Uh, tried with the church. That didn't work out. So That's all right. God loves you no matter where you are. Um, I hope he does because I've been in church in 30 years. <laughs> I think the last time I was in church was my wedding. Um, hey, so, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it counts. <laughs> so I played Fallout most of today. And Fallout, oh. have you ever played Fallout? No, I've been wanting to. I, dude, I've been wanting to play Aliens Fire Team, but this, but this point, the way I'm going, I don't have time for anything except for this. So, well, Fallout's been out for eight years, so that's a little different than a new game. If you haven't yeah. played it yet, that's okay. You probably yeah. won't. Yeah, huge sprawling open world post-apocalyptic setting uh, game. I've played it probably through three times before, mm -hmm. but I don't know it's one of ones I like to pop back in again and see to play it a little different and play the logic trees a little differently. And um, so far, I haven't been bored through four playthroughs of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the day will come. I bring it back to uh, GameStop and get four dollars and twenty-five cents for the game. It's yeah, great credit. Hey man, it's five dollars and twenty-five cents. Is it five dollars? It depends on the game. Like Grand Theft Auto, when I traded my Xbox for my PlayStation like two years ago, I got like thirty bucks for my Xbox hey. version of Grand Theft Auto, which is like a yeah. fuck. It's almost like a ten-year-old game at this point. So <laughs> I don't can never figure out what their trading prices are all about. No, I mean sometimes a hit and miss. Like you can go in there, I'll bring like Assassin's Creed Unity or something mm -hmm. like that. And I'm like, ah, it's gonna be ten dollars. And it's like, all right, well, that'll be uh, twenty-two dollars and fifty cents. Like, okay, well, 
no. That's, that's I think if it's got, I think if they have an online element to them, like if they like GTA Online, and so they get away with not making another GTA game, they just kind of keep adding online rooms of right. nonsense and clusterfuckery. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's the higher the trade-in value you get. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I like, think the last three games I brought in, I got like a trade-in value forty dollars. So it was not. Yeah. Was no, depends on how new it is. Right. As well. But Fallout yeah. is on my list, and that's. And see, I don't know much about Fallout, but Fallout is that is that a first player or third player? What is that? It's got a third player over the shoulder that's clunky AF. So, you know, while it has the third person perspective, I, I highly recommend the first person play. And that's how 98% of people do it because it's, it's weird if you try to play over the shoulder. Mm-hmm. But I know there are those people that get nauseous at those type of games. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what you did all day? Most of it, yeah. Nice. Right. That's a great game. <laughs> That's a great day. And and in honor of our upcoming top, I watched uh, I rewatched the Matrix trilogy this weekend. Did you? Yeah. I wanted to get. I want. I couldn't see. I've seen Reloaded and Revolutions way too many times. So I watched the first one again, and it's like mm-hmm. something new every time I watch it. It's amazing. And then um, I wanted to get through Why first because. Okay. One. You haven't seen it yet. Uh, the why? Yeah. No, got through all three episodes. No, I'm saying you want to watch that first because watch that first. Exactly. You had never seen it before. Where the Matrix, exactly. it was 20 freaking years ago, but we yeah. haven't seen them. Yeah. So, and I know the Matrix like line by line because when we get mm-hmm. to talk about that, that's just that's just I know every bit. But why was just you're right. It's it's fantastic. It's thank fantastic. you, thank you. I'd love to hear that I am right. You are, oh. <laughs> hey, Rob, you're right. <laughs> hey, ooh, thank you. Woohoo! yes. We didn't say what rating this podcast no, live stream. No, Yeah, well, be. yeah. It's R, it's R, it's a, it's a solid R, I'll say it's it right a, it's, It could be a clean R, it's a clean R. And there are okay. some clean R's, right? Uh, what movie would be a Sure. Judge Dredd. Except all the violence. That's right. Risky business, except all the sex. That's a clean Um, It is. It's a wholesome R at this point in time. I mean, she's a a good hooker. Yeah. Yeah. She's a nice hooker. She's She's a nice hooker. She's she's saving for college. Right. Which, you know, I I realized something. I didn't watch The Girl Next Door um, all the way through. I just watched bits and pieces and then I watched the end of it and I'm like, Oh, it's risky business. Pretty much. Yes. It's a new millennium risky business. Absolutely. Like point break is fast and furious. Fast and the furious is point the, break. Right. Cause right. point break came before. Right. Point break. It, right. right. Versus that. That's what you get. Probably a good time to do a canoe segue. Yes. Into the topic of the Matrix trailer that just dropped. Yes. I saw yeah. that again. I saw that again this weekend. I went to go see Shang-Chi, which, by the way, good. Beautifully done. We'll yeah. talk about that later. But I heard uh, great. I have not gone to see it yet just because I've gotten so spoiled watching movies at home. Uh, but, uh, yeah. 
let's let's get you going, man. If you want yeah. me to take you, I'll take oh, that's you. That's sweet. Thanks. But I'm not. Oh, I'm, I'm good. I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not worried about the band man touching me in some place. I, I I could go if I so decided to. It's just I, you know. I will probably break down when it comes to the Eternals because I want to see, you know, that's that I think is going to be the real kickoff into this next phase of what happens in Marvel. Uh, no, it was shame. I can't, I can't say anything. All right. Let's start. Right, let's say anything. I mean, slow do down want, the end. Do we want to do spoilers? You haven't uh, seen yeah. it. Yet, I don't care. So. I have, but I'm sure it's. 80% different and you know again that's another one that's what I'm not rushing to see it because if I look at a, all my again 30,000 comic books I have um, and I've got a lot from the 70s a lot from the 80s uh, Shang-Chi just never seeped in there I like Iron Fist I don't know I've just never been that into the uh, ultra martial arts right that just has never really titillated me right and the 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 martial arts in this is just beautifully done. It's just a beautifully done movie. I, you know, okay. I, anyway, The Matrix. The yeah, The Matrix. Well, it's actually stay on topic. Yeah, I uh, get back here. Um, so it's, what's your first gut reaction after seeing the trailer? Uh, excitement. Excitement. I got excited about this. Like, I, like, We've had what 10, 12 years of Marvel films. We've had mm -hmm. other things being rebooted and redone. Um, to see, you know, John Wick was kind of like a <laughs> was like a uh, a void of just hey, we lost Keanu, you know, all these years with the Matrix. Matrix, <laughs> he was great in. Now we got right. John Wick. I'm like, I love John Wick, which sure. could be another topic, but uh, I get excited. It, you know, I grew up with these movies, right? So I grew up, my wife was there, she sees the trailer, she gets goosebumps, I'm getting goosebumps. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to see new faces and to see Trinity again, which, you know, no offense, but all the young guys out there like myself, you know, <clears throat> Power Ranger, Pink Ranger was our first crush, but mm -hmm. Trinity was my second crush. And, oh. you know, I just... Truly, like, loved seeing her on the screen, loved seeing him on the screen. The whole window or mirror he looks at, you see Agent Smith. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, excitement, totally excitement. So, um, thank you, Aunt Renee. Oh, that's sweet. Gotta love when family, gotta love when family members pay attention. I actually um, asked my I asked my family to stay away from these because I know they don't care and they're judgy. So yeah, yeah no, let them let them stop. So my first reaction after seeing it was a the Matrix got a graphic card update. Everything is not uh, in complete green anymore. Right. And what the fuck? They got caught again. They got caught again. So what was the point of? Now, you said you've seen the second and third movie. And I've, I'm sorry, I was biting my tongue because I'm trying to work on my listening skills. But you said you loved the second and third movie. And for me, those were utterly atrocious. Those were not. Um, and I apologize for my phone ringing. Yeah, so I'm going to mute one. So again, this is, I think, where we see this 10-year difference between us, right? 
because Chris and I are exactly 10 years apart. I'm 10 years older. Um, I was in, I was, you know, in my mid twenties when the matrix came out in 99, I was 25. And then I was a little bit older after the next two came out. So I would say the second and third one crushed my friggin' soul. And as I rewatched them again today, <laughs> I realized they were just sort of awful. And for my money, I would love it if we just forgot the second and third movie ever happened. And we go from this first movie to this fourth movie, like right. not having, having not even seen the fourth movie yet, because there are things in the third movie that no one can follow. Some of the smartest human beings I've known and met, like couldn't tell me what the hell the architect was talking about in his four and a half minutes of babble in the middle right. of like the third movie. Right. What's he saying? I mean, what, 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 huh? No one can, I, I know no one that can interpret that. Right. And, you know, what is the whole point of all this? Uh, the thing I'll say for the fourth one is it looks like it's relying on a lot of uh, Christopher Nolan work, like a lot of Inception work. And the thing that blew all of our minds in 1999 was it was a great story and it really prophesized a lot of the technology to come, us, you know, being so hyper-connected to our whatever box that we're on or our phones or whatever. You know, the Matrix was like a, a prediction of that. I, you know, I was saying, I wrote down a couple notes. I'm like, Ready Player One would not have happened without the Matrix. Exactly. We would not, you know, this this absorption into the, into the computer world. And I just, um, I hope this fourth one can be as prophetic and can be as mind-blowing from a technological standpoint. Because that's really what the second, third one just sort of just ran everything into the ground. Right. And, and let me, let me. Uh, I watched the first one. I rewatched it for homework. Mm -hmm. I already watched the second one, third one, like, over and over again. So you said, yeah. Yeah. So the second and third one, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I wanted to get this last. Third one sucked. Third one the, the, the orgy in Zion alone is just what am I watching? Yeah, and, and that's why? The whole point of being human because they're the last human race, and that's where they're that's at. But if you the reloaded is great until what you said, the architect. When you get to the architect, mm -hmm. just went downhill. But if you cut, you put the matrix and then all of reloaded until the end <laughs> it just horrible. the entire entire yeah the entire point of the movie is ponderous and no one understands and i you know if this is and you know a lot of people played with this concept uh time just perpetually repeats itself that was a big theme in battlestar galactica the rebooted one um that this has happened before and this will happen again uh, okay cool um but I don't want to see a complete regurgitation. Like I said, it looks like from the trailer right now, it looks like they got a graphic card upgrade. And I'm wondering yeah. what they're going to do that's going to be mind-blowingly different in the way that the first Matrix was. And I, right. and I mean that from a societal standpoint. You know, the, the Matrix predicted the next 15 years for all of us. Mm -hmm. Will this one do the same thing? I right. can't say yet. We won't know till we see it. But um, that's what jumped into my head. Let me ask what this discussion is on. The Matrix. Uh, just another one of your friends, Chris. It is. Okay. Another Joe. I love Joe. I can't get any of my friends on this thing. Your friends like you. Really? Um, 
Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, like, for me, when the Matrix came out, so here's the lore, right? Here's the lore. The lore was when I went to a, a birthday party, it was my first party I went to in 99, right? And this, this movie came out. They had it on in the background. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Rob picks on me all the time, so don't worry. You know. It's, it's um, affectionate. <laughs> I'm trying to make him a better geek. Yeah, um, which is great. It's just cute. Yeah. Um, you know, I was at a birthday party, and I saw it. I'm like, what is that? I'm going to do it. Okay. So I go home, and I say, I said to my bro, I was like, brother, we got to watch this movie. Watch the movie. I like you know you ever watch the movie and this is VHS. Just, yeah, yeah, it was VHS. No, DVD. Was it DVD? Ninety nine. Uh, yeah, we're getting in, we're getting into DVDs in ninety nine. Oh, yeah. So maybe I don't know. I'm, uh, so you know, it's one of those movies you get to pause the movie because mm-hmm. you know you're, you gotta go pee and you pause it and you're like, oh man, uh, we gotta run right. And mm-hmm. the scene where Angel Smith goes to you know put in the interrogation scene right yeah but what is that machine he puts in his belly button right who is morpheus where is this like mm-hmm. getting, getting this like he said alice in the rabbit hole you keep going you keep going you keep going and like at the end you're like oh he is the one you know puts his hand out that was excitement that became the movie and then my notes also is that the soundtrack so i listened to 5150 van halen you know, I told mm-hmm. you, brother, just to get listen Sammy to Hagar. Yeah. Yep. Sammy Hagar then. Yep. Yeah. And then my second soundtrack was the Matrix soundtrack. Oh, wow. You know, all, you had Marilyn 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 Mar- Mar- Manson on that soundtrack. You had uh, Rob Zombie, Dracula. Like, you had Don Davis who did the soundtrack, which is amazing. Uh, I mean, it's not great. It's not like John Williams, but it's great for that movie. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and that that was his big, like, I don't know, I'm a big composer guy, so I'm a big soundtrack guy. So Don Davis, that was his coming out. Like, this is good. What be. else has he done since then? So Don Davis hasn't really done anything since after Revolution. Um, it's not really a coming out then. It's sort of a going away. Going away. It's like, I mean, it's peak. <laughs> And that uh, all happened within a five-year time span. I hope he's yeah, well. I hope he, yeah, I hope yeah, he has another. I hope he has another vocation because you can't oh, yeah. not work for twenty years. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what? He did Jurassic Park three. He did Jurassic <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Hey, he worked with he worked with some Steven Spielberg, huh? So, um, you know, with the soundtrack was amazing. Songs on that. So you had the soundtrack, you had lore, you had this is a great movie for our time and our generation, my generation. And, you know, then you got Reloaded. And Reloaded had great music, great action. The highway scene's amazing. Everything's great until you get to your favorite guy, the architect. The architect. But I argue. And everybody, great is a sliding scale. It is utterly subjective. So, 
coming at it again, just a little bit older, not a little bit, 10 years older, right? When, when I'm going into that, I want every movie to be somewhat different. I, I realize this the older and older I get is I need to be surprised and I can't have too much rehashed to really get me going and to get me into it. And with the second one, it was a lot of the same shit from the first one, just, you know, they added twins and killers and, you know, another sexy person in latex. Right. Um, and I, I had forgotten that the second one was where the architect started. So, I mean, that's where the whole thing completely just falls off of a cliff. So you get a little bit more of part one in the first part of the second one. And then the entire thing for another movie and a half just drops off a fucking cliff like Wile E. Coyote. Yeah. I mean, it was, and again, I go back to that, will this fourth one surprise me in that first way? Because it was the first time we saw, it was the first time, like, I, I can't remember when Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out, but um, those were the first years of seeing, like, the wire work right in martial arts like the invisible wire work like really seeing the invisible wire work um well done and again sort of the bullet time right with with the cgi Mm -hmm. it introduced us to not only a new concept but new technologies to your point new music and that's where i think the matrix you, you could still put it down today and if somebody wanted to say tell me about the 90s not the early 90s late 90s you just hand them that disc and go here you go this is the late 90s in a nutshell Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that with the second and third one, and I do. I am hoping for everything in the fourth one, but it could just be a nostalgia ride, you know. And I'm preparing myself for that as well. I'll watch it, of course. I will watch the damn thing uh, when it comes out. But yeah. um, I, you know, I I guess I should lower my expectations. That probably makes me a lot happier when I do start going into it, because again, I don't, I don't want to go into it like I went into the second one, going, "Ooh, this is going to change everything again." Right. And it didn't. Yeah. Right. No, I totally agree. I think um, my expectation is going in is, you know, if you watch the third one, it's, I'll be honest with you, third one was so disappointing. It was so, Awful. I wanted to take my eye out and crush it. That's just, just disappointing. And it was, and again, it was, pond, it had another ponderous thing at the end with the Oracle, right? Explaining. I don't know how many times they need to explain to me this has all happened before this will all happen again. I guess they need to do it in the course of three, possibly four movies. Right. No, and that's why, like, I'm excited to see um, what's going to happen. I'm actually excited to see Neo. Is he Neo? Because I think he said um, his diff- he had a different name or something like that in the trailer. Um, so I'm totally ready to see i'm totally ready to see that i'm totally ready just to is that somebody somebody says that morpheus son and i'm like hmm, that's a very good point i is think it? it's a i think it's i think they did an interview on that already and it's the reincarnation of uh the original morpheus it's like like i said i mean it looks like the whole matrix got a graphics card upgrade yeah like it's got better colors now it's got you know a newer better morpheus it's just you know it's it's got right. mobile devices because now mobile devices are a thing, which they really weren't in 1999. I mean, cell phones were barely a thing in 1999. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, um, like I said, uh, I think Reloaded was okay. Revolution was Revolution. Yeah. yeah. Not good. Not um, good. It had moments. And I always like to say in a movie, it has moments. Reloaded had a lot of moments. Mm hmm. 
Revolutions had 0.5 moment. <laughs> That's your, and that is your, and again, why I love talking with you, it is your eternal optimism. Where I yes. look at the thing in totality and go, did this affect and change me? Yeah. Yeah. And I, the first one, yes. The first one was a was a changing societal changing movie, entertainment changing movie. Second, third, more shit of the same, and they just lost themselves. And you know the the Wachowskis. I mean, they're now you know they they went through a whole transgender transformation, right? Between yeah, when that, they. Yeah. When they filmed the first set and today, and I'm wondering how that's going to change the uh, their directing style. Will it change their directing style? I'm, I'm wondering. Um, yeah, I mean, the, like I said, I think you, I think you hit it on. It has more color to it. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe Revolutions was a mistake, and they're like, "Well, we made a mistake, and now we're going to make this one." And you know, Keanu came back. Carrie Moss came back, so. You know, I mean, it's clear that, and it's clear they are locked back in the Matrix again from the trailer. You can see that they are back in their pods again. Right. So Zion got overtaken, and I go, what, what the hell then? What was the whole point? Like the third one, literally now seeing the fourth trailer has absolutely no point. Yeah. 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 There's so, some. There's a couple of scenes where you see Trinity in the, what do you call it? I guess the fields. Um, mm -hmm. She's disconnecting. Um, the, you know, and, you know, if you watch the first, it's the first one I just truly love. And you actually mm -hmm. see Agent Smith, and I told this to Mary the other night, like, you see Agent Smith really hating the Matrix. Because he say, hey, I hate the Matrix. I hate it mm -hmm. here. I hate the humans. I hate this program. I got to get free, you know? And that's what led to reloading. Problem mm -hmm. is something went, ha something happened when they try to reload the writing on it. So other than <laughs> that, I mean, uh, it, it just, it's, I just love the mate. That first one just truly defines that generation. I just wish they came out with better sequels on that. But the fourth one seems like, it should be a reloaded, but we'll see. Um, um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited. I, I'm really curious: is Morpheus going to be? Is is um, Lawrence Fishburne? Lawrence Fishburne going to come back? Is is Agent Smith going to come back? We, we still see there's agents, you know. So in the trailer, there's agents in there. Um, yeah. So what's that going to be like? I wonder why, if they're not coming back, why they turned it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but other than that, I mean, I think you hit it on. If you didn't have the Matrix, you wouldn't have one of my favorite movies of all time, which is really too new. People are like, it's too new to be too new. I'm like, whatever. Uh, Ready, Ready, Ready Player One is truly my favorite movie of all time. And favorite without, movie of favorite movie of all time? Yeah, favorite movie of all time. My list, my list, right? So everybody has a list. I keep they do encouraging people. You got to make your own list. It may not look like mine. You may look like yours, but I will put it on my list for. I recommend you read the book. Um, yeah, and I then don't. But then don't watch the movie because the movie 
pales in comparison on many, many levels compared yeah. to the book. Yeah, it's um, I, I had I had problems with the movie because it just did not scratch into the geekdom the way the book did. Um, there's hundreds of, and I understand a movie can't do that. You can do that more of the series maybe. Um, but the movie, did you read the book? I didn't read the book. I've been okay. wanting to read the book, but because I just love the movie so much, it just, there's many levels of why I love that movie. And it just, and when we get to that last topic, the last question I, I put out there, what has touched you, what sci-fi movie has touched you in a way of goosebumps, it's changed my life, everything else, because that's what sci-fi movies, comics do, right? So they mm -hmm. they touch you, they they change your life. Like we've seen that with many fans of Star Trek, we've seen that with many fans of Star Wars, and Ready Player One really kind of at my age. I feel old, but you know that. Shut up! Really... <laughs> you're you're a decade younger than me. Stop it! I'm gonna give my cane. Hold on. <laughs> Because <laughs> if it makes you old, that then makes me ancient. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Sifu. Sifu. <laughs> Master. All right. We'll save your, save your ready player one then until we yeah. get to the end. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I just, you have this wonderful bowl of cornflakes that you love. And yes. it's a dry bowl of cornflakes and you need moisture for it. And yes. instead of pouring milk, I piss on it. So yes, you know, it's awesome. let me find a way. Yeah, that's why we're friends. <laughs> let me prepare for this before yes. you get into Ready Player One. Because there is that sort of geek in me that's going, oh, my, oh. my poor little oh. lamb. You, oh. you miss oh. so much by not reading the book. Oh, my, uh, it was weird like that's my favorite movie of all time but there is a movie it's not that now, when i was a kid got me it, t it touched me it still has affected my life ready player one is just another level another not reincarnation but another way of looking at things but i'll get to you that and i'll give you my answer this was a kid we talked about this last week but we, we did didn't. we'll talk about it every week probably yeah. Yeah, we have a loose structure for this show. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that's a bit about the Matrix, man. I, I mean, just what can you say about Carrie Ann Moss? What can you say about Lawrence Cipher? Okay, so here's my question: <clears throat> If you knew the Matrix the way it is, would you take the red pill or would you take the blue pill? If you already Matrix knew the way it is and knew what the world was like outside, yeah. Oh, I'd be snorting the blue pill. I wouldn't even just pop the blue pill. I would try to find the most, I might boof it even, which is putting up my <laughs> asshole. I would try the most expedient way to blue pill that I could find versus go live in the shit apocalypse. And let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> we decided to black out the sun to stop the machine's solar energy. That is like trying to cure herpes with AIDS. Like who the shit would do that to fix the problem we're gonna block out the thing that gives us life right what what <laughs> uh, i that well, i mean again i love the movie but that makes no friggin sense whatsoever the, the, he he did say that he did know that we blacked out the, so yeah i can't even yeah. say like well you don't know history books Morpheus, like, did you know? Are you sure? No, we did no. it. We did it. Yeah, he, he knew. He knew. Yeah, um, we did it. 
Yeah, we did it. Um, yeah. So you, so, so basically, you're the guy who takes the piece of steak and says, "Ignorance is bliss," and it's a. It's a Joe, what's his name? The guy who became Ralphie Cyber. on The Sopranos. Yeah, the guy who became Ralphie on The Sopranos and started getting yeah. the, uh, yeah, weird sexual stuff with Janice. Yes, yeah. I'm him. Yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely Cyber. him. Yeah. yeah. If I know that the world outside there is just a shit of runny snot protein mix, yep, I am staying in the Matrix. Yeah. What is there to do out there except live in metal squalor, metal junk squalor? It's like living in water world. Like, no, thank you. I'm I'm cool. I like I say, like dry land. You yeah. You had to say that movie. You had to say Waterworld. Oh, Waterworld, of course. <sighs> it was the biggest budget movie up until that time that had come out. So of course we all like lemmings flocked to it and were all gravely disappointed by it. Right. What was that, 92, 91, 92, I think? Was, was it? I think so. But I was going to say, like, you know what movies came out in 99, right? Oh, but tell me, 95, Waterworld came out in 95. Oh, man, 95, I, Independence Day blew that in the world, out of the water. That was, yeah, that was 94, I think. Yeah. Was it 94, Independence Day? I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. Uh, you had American Pie. No, you're right. 90, it was uh, it was '96 actually. Was Independence Day? A year later. Mystery Men. 13 Mystery Men. That that's one that grew on me. Mystery Men was one that I went in the movies and went, eh. and I kind of later appreciated it after time. They had the and then you had Star Wars. So. Yeah. God, the prequel episode <laughs> one. Ugh. You leave alone Did, my prequels, bro. <laughs> no, you like them. Man, like I said, I get the cornflakes, and then I hear it's... <laughs> okay. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you like them and get <laughs> enjoyment from them. Good, Chris. Um, George Lucas yeah. should never write his own dialogue. I'm not yeah. judging. No, I am judging. George Lucas should never write his own dialogue, ever. 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 I, and that's stole the prequels, and oh boy. Mm. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I mean, just, you have to... I have my own personal, personal opinions about the prequels, but they're there. They're like family members that you... <laughs> I'll leave what it there. <laughs> so, yeah, I think yeah. it's a bit about the Matrix. Yeah, we're done. I got nothing else. So let's yeah. go on to the lovely show and the lovely comic books. I think a lot of people like to hear. I think you read the comic books, correct? Back in 2002 to 2007, Why the Last Man did come out in the comic book form. First and foremost. Yeah. Um, yes. So, yes, so. I did. I read all 60 issues. So, Brian Vaughn is the guy who wrote Why the Last Man and Kia Guerra that did the uh, art for it. But Brian Vaughn's a very interesting cat. 
and that he came on the scene and started writing comics with definitive beginnings, middles, and ends. Uh, comic books traditionally just go on infinium, right? With lots of reboots and restarts and mystical mumbo jumbo. So the passage of time can be sort of reset, if you will. Uh, DC Comics does that all the time. Like you saw the Earth 2 happen when we went from the golden age, the boomers, and, or not boomers, but the great generation into or the boomers. Um, you know, they create a whole other Earth to try and offset that. But Brian Vaughn always writes, well, he did for his first five, six books, always wrote 60 issues. It was always a five-year plan for all of his books. Why the Last Man, Ex Machina, um, Runaways, the original Runaways, I think was a was a finite run. Um, that's a show on Hulu now. Runaways. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brian, he just and I've interviewed him three times, I think, and it's just that was always a necessity of his. Was he said these stories are going to you know be a finite run. So why the last man blew your mind in that regard? And then it was just a phenomenal story of what would happen if every man on Earth died. Mm-hmm. What happens if the whole white chromosome disappears except for one guy and his pet monkey? So yes, I did read the original book. Um, and again, it was just, it put me on sort of a love affair with this guy, Brian Vaughn. I recommend most of his books to everybody. He actually, he wrote a few seasons of Lost as well. Did he really? I didn't know that. He did. After J.J. Abrams kind of walked away, um, I don't know if it was off the record he told me this or whatever, but um, it's been 15 years. Who gives a shit? Um, but he, they didn't really have a plan. Like, they did not have a great plan to work off of as to how they're going to bring that whole series home. So I think he did an admirable job for uh, a guy that writes with such direction to have none. I think he did an extremely admirable job on Lost. Mm-hmm. And his last book, uh, Saga, which is still, it might still be going on. I'm not sure, actually. Uh, that's another just, that was his first book that he did, uh, Infinium. Like, it did not have, he didn't have a plan for an exact end for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, pet Monkey. We'll ampersand. Ampersand. Pet Monkey. We'll talk about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, I, I'm I'm very like I'm getting close to getting back in the comic book store. Like I'm getting time where I can block out because like, schedule wise, it's just been it's crazy. Sure. It's just crazy, um, which has been nice. But I want to get back to um, the comic book store and get it actually. And if it's not there, I want to read. I mean, I want to get back into something. Um, uh, I'm sure it's in. I'm sure it's in omnibus form now. I would say I would gladly give to you, but I have the original issues, so they're not leaving my they're not leaving my long boxes. Okay. I would never I would never ask, nor I probably you. stop you from giving it to me. I probably run yeah. away and throw my car. So yeah. Um. No. Um. Yeah. It's it's just it's the show is so. I wouldn't say beautifully done. I think it's just like great. Um, like it's I'm, the next one. It's the next Walking Dead. Yeah, it, and I everybody loves Walking Dead. I'm pretty sure you love Walking Dead. I'm not a fan of it because it's like 
one of my but my biggest fear in this show is the soap opera like i don't want a big mm. huge soap opera that happens as shows go on over time every show that's this sort of concept driven mm-hmm. has gone will go into if it goes long enough will go into the soap opera type um relate character relationship explorations i mean should it happen with the office right i mean The office after a period of time became less about the office and more about the relationship between the characters, which is fine. It just, it's a way to sort of squeeze more life out of it, right? Stretch a little bit more life out of it, squeeze a little more lemon out of the juice. Uh, And that's cool if you enjoy that world and you enjoy that concept thing. But I hear what you're saying with Walking Dead. And Walking Dead, I did like it. It was fine. Um, but it was very, very different than the comic book. So I sort of loved, hated that. There were characters from the comic book that didn't uh, carry on. And then like a character like Daryl was never in the comic book for The Walking Dead. Daryl was just thrown into The Walking Dead to be this TV show because Norman Reedus had a good Q score, right? And they couldn't make Rick be too Jesus-y. They needed to separate some of his character uh traits uh, but like the thing i don't know how much of the walking dead you watched how far through it did you get uh <laughs> first couple seasons first season okay <laughs> oh wow all right so I, I couldn't do it i just it was just i think you're right see i think what also is the characters have to grab me right like mm-hmm. when you watch shang chi the characters, and I post this, are amazing, and I want to say adorable and lovable, and they're just relatable, right? Yeah. So with Walking Dead's characters, they were just, I just wasn't feeling it. The characters were just bland. There were right? a lot of flawed. There were a lot of flawed people. You clearly gravitate more towards the idealistic and shiny than the tarred, rusted, and and that's, again, that's that's sweet. That is so nice that you view it all through. Yeah, hold on. Let me, here, let me give you some moisture. Uh, Don't me, mess with me ideas, man. Let me put a hard urine stream well, into those corn You know, it's, it's funny because you say that, which is pretty, I don't care. Like, I, I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm a shiny type of guy. Um, like that's my, great. Like, like Al is my favorite character in Watchmen. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yes. Right. Right. So, no. Well, he's the only one with an ounce of moral redemption as well. But I don't know. I kind of related to Doctor Manhattan. What does that say about me? Uh, Awesome. awesome. Well, or terrifying. (laughs) Or terrifying in an apocalyptic (laughs) sense. Um, You can look at that both ways. But yeah. So, why the Last Man? It looks like it is going to be a little bit more optimistic than The Walking Dead. But I do think this is—they're definitely doing this to be a Walking Dead killer. Yeah, and I just love was Agent Three Fifty Five. That's her name. Yep. Yeah, I—I just like the whole before we before we we'll go back to the first of this, but the whole third episode. What are we gonna do about the pilots? And every time she asked, I knew exactly what was going to happen with the pilots. (laughs) If anybody caught on to that, they're like, well, the pilots are, I'm waiting for her to go in, poising them. I'm waiting for her to go in and just, just how powerful she is. Like, she is a just, she's a badass. Yeah. She's a, and they're showing, they're, they're showing her a lot um, sooner in the book. So if you ask me the difference between the comic book and this series, 
yeah. they're introducing all the ancillary characters far sooner, like uh, where it took several uh, trades, like, you know, five, 10 issue arcs, like it took two or three of those to get to a lot of these ancillary characters. Um, that's a definitive change from the book 20 years ago. Okay. Okay. Now, do yeah. you see, do you see, and there's always like MCU, DC, you name mm -hmm. it, there's always going to be differences. What are, is the comic book, and I will be reading that hopefully soon. Um, do you, are you pleased with it? Or are you kind of like, ah, because I saw your post the other day. Were you happy about it? Were you like, oh, oh. Do you no, like no, it's, and I've had other conversations about that post the other day because I said it makes a 180 change. Now, keep in mind, it has literally, it's, we are almost 20 years past since when I read it, right? I mean, we are almost literally at the 20-year mark. So yeah. I will absolutely say I have misconstrued and confused a few things with my adult mind. But then I got on a uh, other thread with one of my former Ain't Cool News reviewers and just one of the smartest guys who's read comic books. And... Um, he hit the nail on the head of what I was trying to articulate. And that was, they've just, all the ancillary characters, the, the book was basically Yorick and Ampersand for five, 10, I want to say the first 10 issues. You got glimpses of the, the world outside, but they were just that glimpses. It was a man alone in the, the his post-apocalypse, right? And it was him primarily just trying to get to the girlfriend. The girlfriend was in Australia, I think, yeah. She was. She wanted. She had gone on a trip to Australia, and a lot of it was him trying to get to her. So, the stuff with the mother of the president, and all that stuff, that didn't come in until later. And it's all good stuff. And I understand sometimes because you've got to, if these are going to work outside of um, in a new medium, you, you've got to change them around a little because the comic world is kind of insular in its demographics. Um, even still today, um, which I'll admit it's far more diverse than it was 30, 40 years ago when I started collecting comics. But there is still a predominant male overtone in the comic stores and stuff. So you need to change these things when they come into the medium of uh, television. So I'm fine with it. It's cool. As long as more people see it and, under you know, as long as comics get exposed to more people, I say use your big TV producer and showrunner brains to make whatever changes you need to make. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, I think because I think after there's just been a time, I think when, when I wanted to get back into comic books was like maybe a year or two ago, maybe three years ago. I wanted to get back. It was that, it was that a comic con that I was like, I want to get back into comic book, comic books. Wizard world. Um, I'm trying to think what show it was. Um, yeah, I think it was Where's the World because I started getting. No, it was New York. It was New York. Oh, and what was it? Okay. It was 18. It was my first show. Yeah. And, oh. you know, I went there and I just, I was looking at all the comics. I'm like, I'm falling, I'm falling in love. I had a, we talked about this last show. I fall in love with comics. It was horrible. I tried to find that comic book. It's not even. Which one? The one I Which first comic? picked up when I was a kid. Oh, okay. And I couldn't find it. So I went to Comic-Con in 18. It was our first show. MR was back. Um, and I just picked up a couple comic books. And I'm like, man, this is, I missed this. And of course, we have all the MCU. It's at the height. It's still at its height. 
And um, it's got me into going back into comic books again, uh, especially the show. The show is really good. It's got me. This is the uh, this is the retired Vertigo line. So there used to be an offshoot of DC Comics called Vertigo, and Vertigo went through a couple different transformations. Vertigo started as in the early '90s as, as sort of offshoot of the DC universe, and it played a lot in continuity with characters like Swamp Thing and others. Then Vertigo kind of went into this to parlay or parlay to what parlay parlay to what Image was doing, um, Vertigo started going into sort of these self-contained books. So reading Vertigo books, uh, shepherded by the great uh, Karen Berger, um, she was the editor there for years, I highly recommend any of those books. Like any of those series, those Vertigo series, especially the ones like Sandman is a great Vertigo series, but it's very heady and it plays deeply into the DC universe at the time. Um, but I say these ones around the early 2000s, there's a, there's a lot of special stuff going on there from a comic book perspective that also helped just ingrain itself into the medium. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah. give Wide Last Man a try, and I would say give him Brian Vaughn's uh, book Ex Machina a try. It's heavily steeped in politics of post-2001 politics, but it's mm -hmm. still, it's, it's a great read. Absolutely. I definitely will look into that. Um, uh, what about Saga? You feel about that? I love I love Saga. I think Saga is great. And again, I haven't been collecting as regularly uh, the past few years as I as I was. But uh, Saga was like into its thirty or fortieth issue, and it was it was always solidly different and surprising. It's a it's a trip. It's you know two warring factions in space, and uh, one from each side comes together. They fall in love and they have a baby. And that's, that's all I'll say. And it's a galaxy long, long ago, far, far away. He never brought Earth into it or gave us sort of a geographic location where all this is going on. There's an emperor, for instance, that's a TV head. He's got a head for a TV. Why? I don't know. Why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Sounds very Doctor Who-ish, but another story. Yes. Yeah, no, there's a little, there's a little bit of just throw every thing against the wall and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so back to the show, I mean, mm -hmm. I watched the first episode, uh, I, I was like, I know this is like, I need to get through this, but I'm just so enjoying it. Um, uh, watched it at work, watched it today. Mm -hmm. Um, I even stopped it. I'm like, Mary, you gotta watch the show. And she goes, really? Yeah. I'm like, every time I will stop the show and I'm thinking, you need to get into this, you need to get into this. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, I'll watch it again. I'll watch the first three episodes again. I truly do like it. I mean, there's some annoying things, right? In a story, there's always annoying characters, always annoying. Clearly, characters. the monkey doesn't titillate you. The monkey. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. Okay, so to all my EMS friends out there, to all us EMTs and paramedics out there, <clears throat> number one, I didn't find the rats being disgusting. Blood coming out, got didn't find that disgusting. Didn't find the monkey probably doing something disgusting. Can you guess what I found disgusting? <laughs> no, what? Well, first off, I would never do it back in an ambulance. I was like, when I saw that, oh. and I was like, <laughs> okay, fair. Because of all the stuff that's happened there, yeah. I mean, this you've got a different thing. perspective. As a first responder, 
when you watch yeah. things like these. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. I love the decom wipes. I don't know if you saw the scene where she's waking up and she grabs the cell mm -hmm. phone. There's decom wipes there. I think you're gonna need more than decom wipes after that. <laughs> after that night. I uh see these are little things where I said, oh, that's kind of hot. They're screwing in an ambulance. Fun. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, you again. You have a very different perspective on ambulances than I do. So uh, yeah, now uh, yeah, romantic, romantic things like that. That just no. Um, okay. So that was my. This life. is uh, this my is life. the character's sister who was having an affair. Which again, most of this has been um, contrived a bit for the purpose of the show. So it's not just a focus on sort of a singular uh, guy, but it's got sort of that broader voice. They brought in this sister character. Yeah. And then she screws in ambulances, so good for her. They they need to bring they need to bring somebody who is tragically flawed. Right. Oh uh, no, tr trust me. I don't think her character's I mean, she obviously, you know, president is a mom or was in the political life like that. That's broken. I get it. I I that's cool. But uh yeah. just that one thing, just that one thing. And then taking the regulator okay. taking the regulator, I'm like, oh two tank. I wish you grabbed the knife instead because if you had to take that regulator and you're gonna stab somebody's jugular. Like that's just that's a lot of force to do that. But that's just the little things that I see. That's what I do with first responders. It's practic it's practicality versus what looks cool. And what yeah. because they rely on the fact that ninety percent of us don't know what the shit happens inside an ambulance. So it's it's absolutely it's spectacle over logic, which is always yeah. a good thing to call shows out on. It really yeah. is. No, I get it. It does diminish your enjoyment a little bit, but it's, it's, if it's, it's, uh, what is it called? It's your, um, uh, aesthetic distance, you know, your willing suspension of disbelief. There, there are things that will bring you into a program. There are things that just take you right out of it. And that's clearly, and rightly so, one for you. Ambulance yeah. sex, no bueno. <laughs> um, no, and then, um, but I like her character. She, you know, I feel so bad for her. So let's get to the point of, like, she kills her lover. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, well, he gonna die anyway. So what's, <laughs> but she didn't know that. So, you know, that, that was pretty, that was like, oh, man, she's in trouble. Because I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm going, you well, know, I never read the comics. So I don't know what's going to happen. So then, like, when the cop bangs on the door, he just falls. I'm like, whoa, what's going on with this? And then she opens the door, he's dead, and then and then all the guys start like, I got a little bit of goosebumps. Like I'm watching this and I'm like, Am I okay? Like, I'm a See, guy. I knew I, I I knew she'd be fine after she killed that guy because <laughs> all the whole world was about to turn to shit and nobody would care if yeah. one guy died. So I, I saw very she killed him and I kinda went Wow, she's uh, and it was an accident. I mean, she was not trying to kill him, kill him. So I go, eh, she screwed up, but she'll be cool because all the men on half the world's gonna die soon, and yeah. planes are gonna fall out of the sky, and all sorts yeah. of apocalyptic crap's gonna happen. So okay, yeah. So that was that was like, oh, I feel bad for this character, but I'm like, ah, oh, okay. And then what got me was a little scary again. I was like watching this, and all the guys are like, oh, I'm like. Oh, am I okay? Like, is this happening now? Like, the story just got me like, whoa, okay, I'm not a woman. So, 
just you know, I'm scared. Um, so that was pretty cool. That was. That if got, you are, you've got some major hormonal issues. You. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, that's I'm, all right. I'm Leave it at that. It. I was going to do it. Um, but uh, I mean, speaking of um, a, a real big change was also the addition of transgender people, right? I thought that was kind of great how it was. Uh, they were worried, you know, that their hormone treatments were going to run out. And what happens when they go out there and they look like men and all the all the men have gone. That was something that they definitely um, there were transgenders in the original. But it, again, it didn't happen in the beginning. And it was it didn't have sort of this uh, spotlight on it. So I thought that was a very decent change uh, and very woke in their reflection of the times. Yeah. So I got confused because so like. I got really I got confused. So when at the third episode when she finds her I guess boyfriend or was whatever he was friend yeah friend so he was a transgender so I did I got lost right. at that so that's what it, and then she said did you take the was the, the uh what's it called testosterone yeah testosterone yeah. okay testosterone that's it so that's okay so there was transgender they were not men right got you Got you. Okay, that makes okay. That makes sense. Okay, I was so confused. Yeah. I'm like, well, is he the only guy or are they guy? So I'm like, okay. <laughs> Not and I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, that's um, I get it. Chromosomal. Uh, Remember, it's all based on the chromosome. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Science. Um, so um, there you go. Huh. Um, but yeah. So through that, um, Agent Three Fifty Five. Um. That she's a BA. I like Diane Lane as as the the one who takes over. Um, you mm-hmm. know, she is not perfect. They don't like her. Well, they do like her now. They didn't like her then. Wow. Um, you know, I see the politics because I think one line from The Crown, um, one of the prime ministers, they had a disaster to happen. She goes, "Why are you worried about politics?" Because you know, he goes, "Well, politics is everything." Right, so the is it Kimberly? Kimberly's playing this game. She's playing Mm -hmm. a politics game. She's playing her side. She's playing her side, their side, to gain her political advancement. Um, I like that aspect, and I think Brian Brian Vaughn is Brian Vaughn. He yeah, he plays that political game season on his writing. Yeah. Um. This it's just a great, fantastic show. I'm waiting. I can't wait for episode four. Um, what are we gonna do with those pilots, though, Rob? What are we gonna do with those pilots? You blow them up because that's what you do when you don't want people to know stuff. You <laughs> kill them. So I just I knew what she wanted to do. She was already three steps ahead. She already knew yep. they had to get them out. She knew that mm-hmm. we're gonna kill the pilots. And by the way, yeah. if you guys have not watched the show. I'm sorry. Um, Too late. Um, yeah. But uh, it was just fantastic. I love that point. I love. I love her. Love that character because uh, you don't know her history. You don't know her past. How she got there. What's like? That's awesome. Um, uh, See, I know. One, I know things. I know things and stuff. But I'm not gonna. Ru- I'm not gonna ruin it for you. So I'm going to. Yeah, go ahead about the monkey. Let's let's end this on yeah, the monkey. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like uh, it's like I am legend. I have a cool dog, and if he dies, ah, oh, 
I have a monkey. I don't care if he dies, <laughs> but I'm gonna save him. Like he's joking. a bit he's a bit asinine to the monkey and this yeah. is again where the book the book i mean it was just him and the monkey at okay, the beginning and he did not have as much hate for the monkey i mean the monkey is pivotal i mean that's all i'm going to say for right now is that the monkey is pivotal to the entire show so i, I yeah, I thought that was an odd choice to make him. So I think one of my friends said it best as well. This York is a bit more dicky than the York that was in the comic book. York in the comic book was a bit nicer of a human being. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And I like, I yeah. think York cares about, when I say he's selfish, he cares about the ones who are around him that loved him, right? So he, mm -hmm. he loves the monkey, monkey loves him, right? Loves his girlfriend, girl, and I'm just talking about the character in the show. Loves the girlfriend because I think the girlfriend loves him, um, and really doesn't really talk about his sister. So where's right. that? Um, he doesn't really care. What, it just seems like if the apocalypse is here now, he just doesn't seem like he cares. That's where I get my. Oh, I don't know. Um, I, I kind of felt like he's, he's more wigged out, I think, than anything else yeah. is, which rightly so. If you're the last guy on earth and every other guy's dead, you're going to just keep thinking, when is my time? When is my time? And again, I know how it ends. So that's, I'm going to shut up because yeah. Okay. Don't ruin for us, Rob. No, I don't want to. Yeah. I know, I know way too, I know way too far ahead on this one. Awesome. Well, I mean, that's yeah. uh, that's I mean, that's what we're excited. About. I think this is going to be one topic. This is going to be. Did you watch episode four? Yeah, man, it's crazy, and yeah. I just I can't wait. I can't wait for episode four. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. On I mean, that's just it's just a great show. I love Diane Lane. I loved her and yeah. Man of Steel. I love her in all movies. Um, yeah, I love her and just. I love her presence in the in the show. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think who else that really caught in the age of 35, Diane Lane, um, uh, the redhead. I forget her name. I, Nora. Just before and after. If she's more stressful before the apocalypse, she's more stressful now. Who is um, she again? Is it the, are you talking about the president's daughter? Uh, uh, the president's secretary, the one who was the PR. Public relations, I guess. I thought that was the president's daughter. Was it the president's daughter? Yeah, the one that's just real shitty to Diane Lane all the time, right? No, that's Kimberly. Okay, that's the president's daughter. Yeah, Nora was sure the who one. About. Yeah, the one who didn't want to shoot the guy, and he goes shoot the guy. And, oh. And, yeah. yeah. Um, she's just stressed out all the time. Like I, you see her on a scene, and she is like, "I'm stressed out." Like she just looks right. like. Before the apocalypse, the world was against her and on her. Yes. And after, yeah. it's like, I think she's going to I her. I don't know what her role is. Like, I don't know why they're even still focusing on her. So that's, to go back to your point about those characters that they try and spin up and spin off, because they're trying to figure some of this shit out as they're writing it. So right. I think that's one, I think that's one we might not see for much longer until she starts to play, like, some kind of a role in the actual plot. Yeah, because she's just... Yeah. 
she stresses me out. Like I feel so yeah. you need a hug or something. Like it's <laughs> like some like some weed or something. Like just you yeah. stress me out. Um but other than that, I think that's that is just a great show for me for the next episode. Um Yeah. All right, we're at the hour mark. Let's uh roll into our last topic so we don't yeah. extend this beyond the good taste of live streams. Absolutely. So, uh, one last topic. This was discussion. Hope people saw it. We'll see. Uh, what was the like? It could be now. It could be. I always like to say, what in your life? We were young, a kid, or a teenager, or whatever, young adult. Um, mm-hmm. What sci-fi? What TV show? Movie? Or anything touched you in a way of like? Man, I got goosebumps and work Uh, uh, There's many. I mean, uh, my first movie I ever saw in the theater was Star Wars. So that's sort of a... I I was baptized in a geekdom, I guess, for lack of a better word. And then every Star Wars ripoff that happened after that, right? And not always a ripoff, but you had Buck Rogers, a TV show. You had Battlestar Galactica in 1980. And you just started rolling into the Star Wars sequels. And then at that same point in time, Star Trek movies start coming out. The first Star Trek movie comes out in 1979 mm-hmm. as a reaction to the success of Star Wars. Well, they were, they were originally going to do the first Star Trek movie as a TV pilot. And then that got shit canned. And then they they got the money to extend it into the the, the first movie. The movie with V'ger, where Voyager comes back to around to our universe to kick our ass. It was very well done. Um, and so, I mean, I was just baptized in all that stuff and love it. If you ask me the one that affected me the most in my childhood, though, it was absolutely uh, when I picked up Isaac Asimov's foundation novels when I was like 10 or 11. Uh, back then, we went to bookstores, right? Because yeah. and they weren't the big bookstores. This was, you know, I've seen the mega bookstore come to fruition in my life and come to its demise. Uh, it's been pretty interesting to watch. Pre-borders and all that. It was this little place in Scotch Plains, New Jersey. And I started reading some of Orson Scott Card stuff. I walked in there one day and said, you know, well, I love sci-fi movies and sci-fi TV shows. And they started handing me sci-fi books. And um, so right after I kind of finished reading Orson Scott Card, who wrote Ender's Game. Not sure if you saw that. Um, Okay. Again, the movie, the book, amazing. Um, I got into Isaac Asimov stuff. And Isaac Asimov wrote this book called Foundation, which is going to be a show on Apple Plus in the next couple weeks. Um, They're coming out with it. I want to say, I think like end of September, beginning of October. Um, and it's basically, it's about a computer, about a guy at the edge of the universe who develops a computer that can, computer, that can predict the future. It's a computer that's so smart it can predict the future. And what it spells is it spells terrible times ahead for this galactic empire that's formed. And after I read the foundation books, I was like, oh, this galactic empire. Isaac went and wrote a whole string of books about the galactic empire. And then I found out about these little robot books that had occurred that happened prior to the galactic empire's forming. And if you take these like 20 books, right, between the iRobot, the empire, and the foundation novels, Isaac Asimov wrote like the new New Testament. He wrote 4,000 years of future history across all these books. Mm -hmm. And that was one or two glorious summers there where that is all I did was just consume all of these books and see 
how much all of, you know, your Ronald D. Moore, uh, the guy who, who wrote for and show ran Star Trek The Next Generation and then Battlestar Galactica. Uh, now he's actually in charge of the show For All Mankind on Apple+. Plus. Um, you see all these people pulled their roots out of this uh, lexicon of tomorrow history that Isaac Asimov created. So. It's good stuff, man. It's real good stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's real good. Um, yeah. Can't say mine was a book, and yeah, I wish I could say mine was a book, but it wasn't. Um, which was awesome because I looked at a little bit in Foundations, and that just is like fantastic. Looks fantastic in science fiction. Yeah. And yeah. Just. I wouldn't say fantasy, but just science fiction because you can't say no. Fantasy. It's it's science. It's 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 not science fantasy at all. It's science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would say for me, um, which is awesome, great. I love that. I love that. That's fantastic. I think for me, um, you know, I grew up with Star Wars and I grew up with Star Trek, um, you know, I grew. You were up actually with- born after Star Wars happened. That's yeah. a little that yeah. that ten years again just changed so much of the yeah. culture. Yeah, because I remember yeah. Return of the Jedi. We went to go see Return of the Jedi. It was eighty three. My mom got into a car accident. What was the thing I was most pissed off about? I was missing Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> little selfish ten year old bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Mom yeah. get an accident? No. Um... Can we still go? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so and, and and look at that like. You, you had so the generation I was born in. So you had my first movie was Batman in theaters. I saw Batman in theaters, which is so cool to say. All right. So you had Total Recalls. You had um, you you didn't have Star Wars. You had novels. You had that. Yeah, comic books have, too. You didn't have until the prequels in '99. You had Star Wars comic books that were put out by Dark Horse, and then you yeah. had um, yes, you had the novels. Yeah. yeah. So the, you didn't really have you didn't have what MCU has today. You didn't no. have, and most people picked on Smallville. Like I grew up with Smallville, you know, but you didn't have that when you grew up in the '90s. Um, I like Smallville. It, yeah, I love Smallville, um, but. <laughs> The one movie that that really kind of changed my life, the one um, wish comic book that I I wish I picked up, I wish I had picked up first, but mm-hmm. until later time I did. Um, was Richard? I mean Richard Donner's uh, Super Superman. Oh um, sure, nineteen seventy seven, seventy eight. Uh, seventy seven. So that's um, again, that's another one. Right after I saw Star Wars, I saw Superman. So I saw yeah. both of those in the theaters in 77. It's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that changed my life and you can, you know, you can correlate the, the allegory of Jesus or you can use the comparison, whatever you have. I'm uh, fine with it. Richard Donner didn't bludgeon you over the head with it. Like Frank and Zack Snyder did. <laughs> he filmed a scene in front of a stained glass window for fuck's sake. I mean, come on. Give your audience an ounce of credit. An you cut, ounce. A modicum you, of credit. You, you cut the nerve. I cut a nerve. I got a nerve. Um, 
And then he falls out of the ship. He falls out of the ship. Well, I shouldn't do that, Al, because of my. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. anyway, he falls out of the. I know. I yeah. Know. Out of the ship, like, uh, with his arms yeah. outstretched. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, you are such a hack, Zack Snyder. <laughs> Um, so, you know, Richard Donner, Superman, like Christopher Reeve. So let me ask you this. Did you ever see, again, that age difference between us, did you ever see Superman's three and four? Anyway, Superman. <laughs> there we go. Okay, cool. All right. Yep, yep, but, uh, yep. No. It's just the first one just really kind of, you know, it wouldn't, it didn't relate. It probably did, but it just, it, it showed like, I mean, special effects at the time now to this day, it, right. it, doesn't, it doesn't compare, no, right? can't even, but the, the story, uh, you know, Mario Puzo wrote the story, right? And, and then, um, was it Mario, Puzo? Mario Puzo wrote Superman? I don't, that doesn't sound right. Mario Puzo, the guy that wrote The Godfather? Yes, Mario Puzo actually helped write Superman. Wow, okay. And, um, so he helped write Superman. It was uh, wow! Strange. I did not know that. Yep, you you geek surprised me today. Thank you. And it was seventy seventy eight. Seventy eight. So Mario Puzo wrote Superman, and you know that it just it was it didn't have a Godfather feel. <laughs> um, you had um, just it just had so many. And I think I like I like Man of Steel, but it doesn't have that humanistic like Clark Kent. It's not was, fun. There's no it fun. It wasn't fun. It was serious. It was too serious. No. It was too serious. Too fast. Puzo, Puzo wrote Superman too as well. That I my I'm sorry, my mind is just broken right now. Yeah, it's unblown. My mind has just broken. Well, That's, see the thing is, wow. The thing is, like Superman. So Superman that came out that spoke to me. That I mean, just from the scene with uh, Mrs. Kent, and she goes out in the field, and he goes, "I gotta go," right? Yeah. It's every teenager. It's every young adult. It's every yeah. man. I gotta fun. go. They hit it's, all the notes simply, and you hadn't been yeah. inundated multiple times with the origin story, right? For many people that did not pick up comic books, that was their first time seeing the origin story. It's, I have these conversations with my dad, who. Uh, has always fostered my geekhood, has always promoted my geekhood, has always uh, been a bit envious. I've got so much of this in my DNA because he quite doesn't have it. But, you know, he it's interesting how we each break these things down. And now he's seen the George Reeves Superman television series. The And he just he keeps asking every time a new iteration comes out, how many times are they going to redo the origin? But, I mean, the way they did it in that first movie, you're right. It was just note for note, condensed and perfect into the short, you know, whatever that first five, seven minutes is where they've got the different actor than Christopher Reeve. It was just, it was beautiful. Faster than a speeding train, yep. you know, faster than speeding bullets, stronger than a locomotive. Um, which, which it was perfect. Yeah, which in the director's cut, an extended version, that train scene, that's... Mm -hmm. Uh, young Lo Lois, that's young Lois. She goes, oh, right. Mom. You see, and then, yes. just, and then, and then, um, you know, it's just still to this day. Like, <laughs> and then they, then they go forward, and it's, it's broke ass Margot Kidder. <laughs> it does not look 10 years, 
I mean, it's been a rough 10 years difference between her Chris and Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She must have yeah. started smoking when she was nine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just like it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> right in your cornflakes, um, buddy. Uh, but it was just like John Williams to the music. Yeah, and it just showed. Yeah. Um, and the good thing, the cr- crazy thing, Mark, who's so he wrote it, and uh, I'm glad I blew your mind tonight. And then they filmed. Superman 2 already. They just had it. Right. And then you have, and no offense, anybody who loves Superman 2, the theatrical cut stinks. It just stinks. I can't watch it. I have to watch the Donner cut. And how... It's how much they... (laughs) They started making up powers for Superman. That's if I see, like, the biggest difference. Like, they just started... And for a long period of time, that's DC was doing that same thing with comic books, was mm-hmm. they just, every time Superman had a new foil or and something that he had to, you know, fight against, they just give him a new power. And that's that was the main reason you see the book Crisis on Infinite Earths happened in 1986 when they collapsed all continuity and Supergirl dies and uh, Barry Allen, the Flash, dies and doesn't come back for 30 years in real time. Um, you use that that was yeah i mean that was a result of you know superman just becoming too powerful with these stupid powers just like in superman 2 yeah and yeah. Uh, so yeah superman really kind of it kind of made a template in my life uh that's cool just you know from a from a standpoint growing up and just I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's like, like Ready Player One, in my life, like it is the best movie of all time because I I have related. I know. Hey man. Hey hey hey. All right. All right. All right. Don't be pissing on me. Um, like it. If I get more relatable, right? So yeah. relatable is, I am. You know, that kid. I grew up that way. I I you know I kind of oh, grew up. Grew up in 2040, Ohio, oh, oh, on top yeah, of an yeah. RV. Let me, let me rewind it. Let me what? Rewind it. Let me rewind it. Um, I grew up in that kind of like that poor stance. Like I grew up in like I didn't yeah. grow, I didn't sleep on a washer and dryer, but right. it's it's relatable. I was there. okay. Um, you know, to run away into a standpoint of like comic books or video games or mm-hmm. anything like that. You know, that's relatable. I ran okay. to. I ran to Superman. I ran to Batman. I ran to stuff like that, and um, you know, it, it, it's a it's a runaway of like, oh, did these you could be these characters. You you can talk about these. Yeah. And, well, it's. Uh, I mean, that's what they do that across all films. It's you are the chosen one to bring us full circle. Neo, for instance, right? Yeah. You are the chosen one. Harry Potter. You are the chosen one right you're not special and then all of a sudden you're the most special thing in the universe that's why i like single player video games right where i don't like mmos as much because you are not special in an mmo you are not changing and affecting the world in mmo you're just in there you're like every other schmuck that's across the world playing and and that's that's a good response it's nice and that's another and that's another thing about ready player one is that 
and not the book. Got to read the book. I'll get the book. But in the movie, he's like, get the audio book with Will Wheaton reading it. So you want to talk about see? And again, you don't get the significance of Will Wheaton in the book because they didn't put it in the fucking movie. Mm -hmm. Will Wheaton as Will Wheaton the person plays a role in the book. Really? Yes. Uh, and then to hear Will reading reading the book, it's meta AF. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Superman, nineteen seventy seven. That's awesome. Donner. Thank you, Richard Donner. Yeah. Thank you, Marcuso. That that for me, um, did it. So. No, that's awesome. And you saw it quite a few years after later after it had come out. So special effects had gotten even better. And the fact that you still appreciate it at that level is, yeah, it was a great book. So did you see Superman three and Superman four? <laughs> that Superman, was a height. Superman must die. <laughs> that Superman three was the height of Richard Pryor's crack use. And boy, does it show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just, I, I see when I was a kid, I liked Superman four. Yeah. Now let me let me let me rephrase that. As a kid, that's cool. It is on HBO all the time. That's fine. Yeah. And but but see Superman though, and that's that's what got on my nerves. Like HBO HBO at that time would show or or TBS or TNT, they would show Superman four or Superman three. They would never show Superman. And then you got the director's cut, the extended cut, and you're like, wow, this is. That's really awesome. So. Superman four was ten years later, so yeah, you're as you're coming of age. That's the one that they would have been running nonstop on cable. And yes, they did play it all the friggin' time. All the friggin' time. Yeah. yeah. So. But yeah, yeah. Top question that comes up on Google about Superman four was why was Superman four so bad? <laughs> <laughs> well, where do you start? Oh, there's so many reasons. Yes. <laughs> Whoa, man. Whoa. Yeah, sorry. That was just, oh, yeah. that was horrible. No, man, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Pretty in pink. Uh, mm. oh. yeah. And on that note, we should, yes, uh, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, thank you, all you guys who came out and saw us. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, do you guys have any more topics you guys want us to discuss? Send them to uh, us, yeah. Send them to us. Uh, Rob, thank you for your time. Thank you. Your knowledge has been amazing. Thank you for sending all this all up and your unbridled optimism. We shall <laughs> talk again. Probably outside in a few minutes. <laughs> right in your cornflakes. <laughs> Later. Bye-bye. Later.